Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be a little salty, can be very aesthetic, very bitter, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hi. Hello. So today we're talking about Madoff, the monster of Wall Street, season one, episode four, The Price of Trust. Woo! Guys. One dollar. One dollar. One do- oh, that's how much the price of trust is, one dollar. God, mm-hmm. it's a it's so interesting that like whew, the way that they the this this episode really to me like moved the curtain. Okay. It just showed me everything in a way that I needed to have seen it to see it. So we start off with the death of Bernie Madoff, which I'm gonna be right now. I didn't know he was dead. So here's that. Here's that. Okay. Uh, he died April 14th, 2019, and he was cremated, which is like against Judaism. Like, that's not a normal thing. In fact, one of his victims even feels bad that he was cremated instead of um, instead of buried. But they're like, you know, uh, I feel like he must have chosen that because cremation is more expensive than a burial. Um, as far as I knew, maybe it's maybe it's changed. But um, he is also like sitting on a lawyer's shelf and his family has refused to come and pick him up. Like that is how bad. And at this point of the story, I don't understand why his family, or I don't know what's going on in his family to the reason why they've refused to pick it up. So, um, this is the, in these two years between 2006 and 2018, he's given uh, in eight, he has given everyone raises and it's just like luxuries and boats and successes. Like, he does like he goes, you know, he goes around and talks at different schools and stuff. And at some point we have a video of him saying, like, people forget that the point of Wall Street, Wall Street, it's it's a for profit enterprise. Um, so there is the big crash of 2008 and he is in the south of France with Ruth Ooh. and he is just watching this shit go down like, fuck, I am about to be fucked up. So he, they go back to the U S and like phones are ringing and people want his money back. So what he tries to do in the two months before December, whatever of 2008, he decides that he's going to call his biggest clients and be like, Hey, you know what you should be doing right now instead of trying to sell is buy. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Sand, uh, uh, Sonia Cohen. He goes to everybody, and everyone's like, "No, it looks like the rug is about to be pulled from underneath you." And I would like to not be a part of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the truth of the matter is, he's not wrong. At some point, it's like you have to be a master. If you are a master uh, financial person, you want to buy when the price is low and sell when the price is high. So, in that, it's always good to, if you can, buy when the price is low, which sometimes happens during a recession. But you want to make sure you buy when the price has hit its lowest. You don't want to buy and then hit have and then lose money more. So um it's like that part's interesting. I want to know more like what 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 city were you in the south of France? Were you in Nice? Oh my god, were you at the Hotel uh Ducap? Oh my god, like where why, where was he? And also can I go to the south of France? <laughs> I don't okay. know anything about the South of France to to guess that, but I just imagine from his perspective, he must have been stressed out. So he could have been in a gutter and he wouldn't have known the difference. Okay. Um, so he gets home and he tells Frank, like, listen, this shit's about to hit the fan. And this is where Frank in the court case part of it is like, that's when I knew that it was all a scheme. I'm like, Frank, you didn't fucking know that you lived in the basement and he, and the, the the fancy folk were on the top. Like, you knew what the fuck you were doing. Um, and so at this what? point, though, fr- fr- 
Yeah, he had created all the documents. Like, yeah. What do you mean you didn't know? At this point, Frank is like, has to make a choice. And I, Frank is like, I'm cooperating because like, fuck, I have a family. And um, yeah, I have a fucking family. So Bernie tells him like, hey, so we've got 300 million left. Let's just like cut everybody checks, anybody that we can. And every, you know, everybody upstairs, because I know that they're going to be pissed. Uh, so let's give them some bonuses and it'll be good. And Frank is like, fine, fuck. So he tells the boys that. He's like, hey, boys, so we're just going to give everybody some bonuses and uh, things are going to be good. And they're like, uh, this is not the time. <laughs> it's not the time um, because like uh, the crash is, the market is crashing. And if you're just going to give people bonuses, uh, we should hold on to that money mm-hmm. <laughs> in case, you know what I'm saying? Because we have a whole, whole ass business to run. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he finally just tells them that the whole thing has been a scam and a, and he has I don't even think he tells them there I think he tells them that he's done something he breaks down and um they're like what's going on so they're like we got to get dad out of here yeah Eleanor's like all I saw is they started walking out and I was like Mr. Madoff are you going to lunch and then Andrew was like we'll be back and that was the last time I saw him yeah that is the <gasps> last time she saw Bernie Madoff was when yeah. he didn't even say shit to her, you know? Yeah. And he walks right by her and uh, they get home and they tell Ruth what all is going on. They, he, he comes clear. The boys are obviously distraught because their entire life has been a lie. They're, every, every, everything that they've ever purchased is like, he's just, he's lied to them and he's made them feel like shit the entire time. Especially when they tried to ask him about what the fuck was happening on the 17th floor. He wouldn't tell them anything. He belittled them, he berated them. This is what I'm choosing to believe because this man, again, if he did that to his own brother, then he didn't give a fuck about anybody the way he belittled people and so the ruth is like what's a ponzi scheme and like i'm like how did they know what ruth said like what do you mean ruth famously said what's a ponzi scheme did did bernie say did they all cooperate is like that's what happened uh, <laughs> I just feel like Ruth get, Ruth is like to me the East Coast Erica Jane, you know, or Erica Girardi. Uh somewhat similar. Do you know the Tom Girardi lawyer uh pro- whatever scheme that's happened on the West Coast? Do you know about that at all? Wa? A little bit, yeah. It's mildly familiar and the, and the fact that there's horrible atrocities and the victims where a lawyer stole the settlements of people whose like family died in plane crashes, oh. stole their settlements and the whole time had a rich, sorry, he's rich, had a wife on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills who every season was like my glam team i fly everywhere to dubai because i can't be without and chanel i mean like she's just like uh, just disgustingly absurdly just like vapidly wealthy just that whole time just spending those people's money and now he like was sued and he said that he has dementia and she like is pretending that she didn't know anything like ruth oh yeah isn't that isn't that i mean listen the podcast people at least 80 percent of them know what i'm talking about because it's like a reality show. It's because it's a reality show style topic. But anyway, yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, the sons leave and they lawyer up because they're like, fuck this. This man is evil. So they lawyer up and they talk to one of their father-in-laws. And that father-in-law is like, now that you know that he's planning on taking this ill-gotten money and giving it to people, you have to turn him in. So they do. They call the police, turn him in. FBI comes to the house, is like, take off your belt, take off your necktie, and let's go down to uh, to the courts. So they take him down. 
He gets bail. He goes home. And it is a shit storm of media coverage. It is like they are just hounding him. And at this point, I think this is one of the basic things and the decent thing that he does is just tell them everything and confess and say that he 100% knew what he was doing wrong and just come 100% clean. And it feels off brand a little bit. Don't you think so? Yeah, he didn't put anyone's name out there. Not Joe Pesci Pasquale, not, you know, Tracy Morgan, not any, I mean, no, not his wife, not, not Sonia big teeth or, you know, like the other guy with horrible teeth and the eyebrows, Peter Gallagher, you know, like poor Peter Gallagher, like with the hot daughters, like none of those people, he doesn't rat any of them out, honey. He just like, yeah, he does take it. And it's, that part is interesting. Like, so yeah, he, you know, he <laughs> ends up, um, being in prison, uh, he, they tried to argue for bail and everything like that, but you know, no, they actually like put him in prison. Um, no, he gets out on bail. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong part. Yeah. He gets out on bail. So we get, we get like, we get like testimony from the victims. We find out that Steven Spielberg was one of them, you know, but he'll be fine. We also find out there was like a Holocaust survivor. And so then it's like more insidious of like how he's taken specifically from the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And um, we do get like a woman who said that her father, the one who said, don't worry your pretty little head. um, The father, she says that her father would be so devastated because of how he fooled everyone and then we've got renee who was boston harry's friend who boston harry was like look bernie is doing illegal things we've looked into it and renee was like i can't care about that at this time because i have sunk billions of european aristocrats money into him so bird off i need to ride this for as long as i can and i i think because renee knew that he always knew that when the shit hit the fan he had an exit plan and that exit plan was that he would kill himself as to atone for his poor money management so he ended up killing himself and mathematician harry like feels so guilty about it like he just feels like if he had said something or if he had like checked in on him and i'm like no nothing i'm like harry had already and not harry but a frank had already told renee that it was a scam and renee was like i'm in too deep so i'm gonna ride this until it blows up and yeah he ends up killing himself and he like lets his blood drip into a trash can so that the help didn't have to come in and clean up mess. And I said, well, good, good choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, listen, that is remarkably dignified of you. Yeah. He died on that hill. He went down with the ship. There is something very dignified about that. I mean, to me, it makes me feel like he didn't know it was, it was a Ponzi or no, maybe he did. I don't know. Like, do you think Renee? Yeah. Do you think no, Renee knew? knew because Frank told him. But the way that Renee was like, he made it okay. Frank told him, but then Renee was like, "No, it's not. I don't believe it is. And if I'm wrong, I'll die. I'll, you know, like I'll kill myself." No, no. He's basically saying it has to be real, otherwise I'm a dead man. Meaning that he got the information, and he's like, "There's nothing that I can do about it because I have sunk so many people's money into this." That if I do, my it's like his, not only it was it his like rich accounts, right? It was his family. He had gotten money from his own family to invest into this. So he's like, someone's gonna kill me. Like my life is over. So like, it, I'm just gonna ride this out for as long as I can. <laughs> like, 
And so, yeah, so he knew that it was a scheme and that's why he ended up, you know, killing himself. Cause he, I think that was his ultimate exit plan. Um, so um basically what happens is uh they you know they go did, did ruth know was another thing we've obviously talked about and then she she had an, an office across from bernie's and you remember her father had like a whole ass like financial firm so like she supposedly also took like meticulous accounting notes or meticulous notes she was like um a very organized woman so it never of course will will never be able to fully answer that in the documentary doesn't um but nothing will point to her knowing and she definitely like gets off um the math guy gets to have harry gets to have this i mean come to jesus resurrection moment in front of everyone with the sec like after all of the math he did to like put their feet to the coals and he goes in honey and he lets them have it he's like you are fucking dumb i've told you a billion times i can't even talk about how many times and how i laid it out for you and you're just so oblivious and dumb and or and or backward and or bought i mean whatever you are you are trash and useless and are nothing and just literally go kill yourselves like renee is what he tells them he literally also comes in and talks to the reporters and it's like, guess what? That's, this is going to be a show. So sit back, relax and strap in. And they after, they said that it was like the worst beating that any kind of hearing like that had ever heard because of the way he like told them that they were insufficient. And like, can you believe that none of them were charged? Like you are, none of them, none of, nobody from anything was charged. So next we jump to JP Morgan and Chase who had the account of the Ponzi scheme. And this is where I was like, this is racism <laughs> because- I, as a layman, know that I can't put a certain amount of money in a bank account without them being like, oh, what do you do? When you put, like, I think it's over 10000 like, let's say I sold drugs, or let's say I got some money illegally, right? And I went to the bank, and I was like, here's my money, I'd like to make a bank account. They're going to be like, oh, how much are you depositing? Oh, uh, 10000 Okay, yeah, so we're going to need to see some uh, tax, some uh, some W-2s. We're going to need something that shows that this money was gotten legitimately. And that is what never happened on the 703 account. There was no, that, that SARS account or that SARS report that immediately starts never happened for Bernie. And so because JP Morgan didn't do their checks and balances, they were charged $2 billion and no one was ever charged. They just got a fine and nobody was ever charged. It was like JP Morgan's like, none of our people knew anything shady was happening. Thank you so much. Here's 2 billion. And they went about their business. Um, So basically again, we had talked about this before, but 64 billion is what they say is the loss, the losses, but it's actually not because those are the inflated fantasy monies. What actually that was the money that was actually handed over, which is still a lot to Madoff was 19 billion, 19 billion that has to be accounted for. Now, Okay, so when you put your money in the bank, it's federally insured. You have the FIDC that insures your money. And this is like going against the bank's crashes. So like up to, I think it's 500. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I know it is for the, S- we're going to talk about the SIPC. I think it might be, God, I forgot what it is. I'm so sorry. Federally insured too. But it's basically saying like, if you put your money in the bank account in Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Chase, 
or JP, whatever, like up to that amount, the government will give it to you if the bank fails or whatever. Okay. And so there also is the SIPC insurance fund for this that is supposed to be set up in such a way. And that would be really nice if you can then give all the victims what you insure them for, which is $500,000. But because there's so many victims, they end up having like a court case. And then they decide that Ponzi scheme victims, if it's a Ponzi scheme, don't get the money, which is incredibly convenient for the insurance company. So that's horrible. We then have to appoint a trustee of the estate in order to give as much money back and to accumulate as much back to give to the victims. And that is a person named Irving Picot. Uh, Now, I will tell you that it's not a job that would be easy. You know, it's like, and I think there's going to be kind of like two sides of thinking of of what he did and whether it was good or bad. I personally think that my dad thinks it was ultimately good of like the way that he did it. And by good, I mean the best, the lesser of whatever evil choice to have to do something. So he has to come up with a method in order to pay back the money. And there are, I mean, the, the, again, the range of victims is like single person household, you know, multi, you know, million dollar foundation charity, you know, like, Steven Spielberg and, you know, like some lovely, nice, but, you know, older Florida lady whose dad died. You know, it's like, it's just like with, the, you know, like, as well as this, if you gave a hundred thousand and you were given profits over 20 years, you gave a hundred thousand initially, but you were given $20,000 over the, you know, like of your, of your interest payment, then you might have weirdly made a profit on what was given. And that is that as opposed to someone who had given a bunch of money and then all of it's gone. So the, the way in the formula that Irving had to do was get all of the accounting, right? See who made what, and then he has to go after the money, which involves court cases, which fucking sucks. Why? Yeah. I mean, also let me run back to the S SIPC. All it is, is each company paying $150 a year to this fund in order to pay, like it is laughable how much the SIPC doesn't actually have any money to pay anybody anything because they don't actually like tax or have like dues or membership fees for any of those people on Wall Street. So Yes. He then decides that there are people who are like net winners. I can't remember what the, the, the name of the their thing is. But um, so people who may not have had a lot of money, but had enough, had to like then pay it back. And so I like even the guy who was affected him and his wife with the like see a haircut, he said that he also thought it was the fairest way to go about this as well, especially because him and his wife weren't in the worst position as some of the people others were. So, I mean, we have this one man who talks about his mother having to sell his mother's home that his uh, father built for her. um, And it was the saddest day of his life. And he, you know, driving away from Palm beach. And it's like, I had to put myself in his shoes as an HR professional would be like, yeah, you're right. I can imagine for you that that was just terrible. Yep. But he's fine where there are people who were not fine from this. 
so it is like, you know, that is what we are, are dealing with here. And so I thought it was gracious of the, at least the ones they interviewed to be like, it was the only option. I suffered from this. It was a lot of legal fees for me and it sucked for me, but I wasn't as bad off as other people. Um, so then they got pick hour to give $7 billion back, uh, which is like wild. Um, and so, because he had gotten that much, so they, they, uh, but he actually like, drowned in the, in the mist. Like it's, it's, it's interesting how people just died during this during this inquisition just such an interesting um institution, I, you know. I want to say like we obviously know that renee kills himself but we also don't know like how many just like dudes i'm sorry how many people that lost a lot of money who killed themselves you know like that we were that were made off victims that just you know yeah that just yeah. Like, oh my god i nope yeah whatever so uh, just like so pick what's it, irving ended up getting 14 billion back um, and he got not only from pick, from, um, pick Howard, but like the other big players, I can't remember their names, but they were, you know, whatever. Um, so everybody else was a slap on the wrist or just had to pay some fees. The hedge fund folks, nobody went to prison, like every single, um, trigger that was supposed to be pulled that didn't get pulled. None of those people got in trouble for not being good auditors, not doing the checks and balances, like none of the, no, none, of, nothing. And that's the part that's like crazy. And so where all of the exact blame went to was Bernie. Bernie ended up getting 150 years in prison for this, knowing that he yeah. wasn't going to serve, but it gave the victims somewhat of a feeling of like, okay, at least the government understands what happened to us um, because they were just so used to white collar criminals not getting that much and um, sentencing wise. Um, so, you know, his attorney asked for leniency, but the judge was like, nope. And mm -hmm. then they have this scene where he's like, or he supposedly turned around and said, sorry to his victims with no emotion and no remorse. And I'm just like, wow, that like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so Annette, the one that like, was like kind of like one of the managers on the 19th floor that like loved Bernie or whatever, she and Krupi, the one that like did the accounting on the index cards, both of them get six years. The two dudes that like could ask for a lot, a lot more than 60,000, but they got 60,000. Like those two dudes get 2.5 years. Peter, who is of course, Bernie's brother gets 10 years and Frank Pasquale, Joe Pesci gets lung cancer and just fucking dies before. Cause it's like years and years and years. So he, he dies before that happens. Now, Whew. Another thing that happens is the effect on his family. Now, everyone hates Mark and Andy and they are subject to so much bad publicity and like they really want their mother to choose. They're like, look, you either choose us and our children and the side of the family who had no idea or you choose our dad, period. And she chose Bernie because she'd been with him for years, 50 something years. She'd been with him since she was 13 years old. She chose to stand by her husband in this time and basically lose her family. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I mean, he gave her a great life. And like, I'm like, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if she was also a part of the abuse too, where she felt like, you know, she needed to, to do whatever to stay with him. But I know that she at some point must've ended up regretting it because her son, Mark kills himself two years on the anniversary of when they found out that the father did it. Like he had a really hard time with it. And he like kills himself in his home where his like child is sleeping in the next room. His father-in-law catch like finds him at seven something in the morning. I mean, it, it it's like, could you imagine the, the mental abuse he must've suffered from his father, knowing that his father was against therapy. And then like this happens and you're just like, you are an absolute monster. 
Um, so that really, really, really like broke the heart. And at that time he was estranged from his mother. So it's not like his mother even got an opportunity to like send him off well. And then his brother who had survived cancer 10 years prior, ended up getting cancer again. And four years after Mark killed himself, he ends up dying of cancer. Yeah. This is a quote that he says in the documentary, which is weird because docuseries, because I remember when he, I remember reading this, which is my dad's crime killed my brother quickly and it's killing me slowly. And um, so the FBI has a scene when they come in to Ruth and they're going to like sell everything and she's smoking a cigarette and they're like taking inventory to look over at Ruth and like Ruth, you know, smoking, it's going to kill you. And she's like, if only you would, you know, I mean, the woman had the deepest smokers voice I've ever heard in my life. Uh, she starts to like, you know, it, it, press tries to like find out what's happening. People want to know basically if Ruth knew when how she's living, you know, and it's especially obviously a fall from grace, like the Palm Country Country Club queen to, uh, you know, mm -hmm. living out of her car. Um, they talk about Bernie and we, you know, we had used words like sociopath, but also we use the word narcissist in this docuseries. And it feels like whether he is sad of what he did and he feels like he's melancholy in prison, but as one of the, as I think the psychiatrist or some talking head says, it was in fact him grieving the loss of the adoration of his family for him. Um, then the loss of them, uh, maybe the way that he saw the, the figure that he was to them. So that is so crazy to me that somebody that that was the assessment from him and I was just like wow because all of the I mean it just seems like he was so compliant and like I just I can't reconcile the person that I see in prison clothes with the person that he must have been in the office the way he was like belittling everybody we have a little quote from Obama which is like such a crazy juxtaposition of the quote that we see from like Bill, uh, uh what's the name the wash the What's the name? Bush, the Bush boy, um, <laughs> president. I keep forgetting about that man. He's like literally just like slinked off into the, like painting a dog. He's just like a different, I'm like former president Bush, forgot about him anyways. Um, and so then this what basically his crime and what happened with the checks and balances, not doing what it was supposed to do, just really like gave people a mistrust into wall street. Cause nobody went to jail. Every bank was bailed out. And even the, like, I mean, it's just like, so inter it's interesting to me that the woman whose, whose father, um, uh, was a Jewish man who, um, trusted her, trusted him, Bernie. And then, uh, she had to sell her home because she thought she was going to be able to retire early and live a good life. Uh, she now has an apartment, but she says she's happy. She said at the end of the day, like her dad would have been very pissed that this happened. However, he did teach her how to survive. So she's like, I can I'm a survivor. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna survive. Keep on surviving. No, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, just just like that. She mm -hmm. is like living that dream mm -hmm. um, with a, a lot of clothes, a lot of color on a muumu that I think was quite fetching, mm -hmm. and a very colorful uh, necklace. And um, so she's good. And then we talk about trust in this, and we talk about how. Bernie was able to do what he did because people trusted him emphatically. And because of that trust and because there was nobody checking in on him, he was able to just swindle the biggest swindle of the swindle ever, whatever. And the last quote they say is that, you know what he in on record, this is the biggest Ponzi scheme ever, but records are meant to be broken. 
And I was like, well, I'm waiting for the next disaster to happen. But Chris, you you put a New York Post um, thing here. So like, tell us, tell us more about that. Because last we heard, Ruth was living out of her car and it was a Honda Civic, like a 2000, like a 1998. Well, New York Post post, uh, posted an article of, on 2021, in 2021, that she is living with Andrew, who is the son that died of cancer's first wife in a $4.5 million Connecticut waterfront home. Now that's maybe where the kids and her live and they gave Ruth a room, you know, like whatever it is, but you know, I was really thinking about like why no, she had no family to go live in. Like, why was she like living out of her car, like couch to couch? I'm like, yeah, her finances are gone, but I don't know if they would have taken like the boys finances. They got legit checks from like the legit business. So in my mind, I'm like, the boys must've been like good with their money to a certain extent. And I'm pretty sure that Bernie didn't allow them to invest in the Ponzi scheme. So like, go ahead. No, I think, but I think that definitely, but they were given bonuses and all that stuff too. So I wonder if in the accounting they went back and like, I mean, I wonder if they did take some money from the family because the family is in, you know, in it, the compliance audit, Peter and everything. So we'll see. Well, not some, but I mean, like they married women who were from money too, or who had decent upbringings like the 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 their lawyer was their father-in-law you know what i'm saying so it's not like they were without friends and like resources so that's why was my thought was like why is she living out of her car like doesn't she have friends she's she's been rich her entire life so like you would you go ahead no i wonder why how come none of his sons married any of those walter noel hot women you know like that traipsed through europe and has got some more money you know i wonder if like margaret andrew ever hooked up with any of those noel ladies you the know? noel ladies were actually poor not poor but they were just pretending to have all that money yeah, well, I mean, you know, but who? But, but, they fooled the foreigners, not the Americans. Oh, uh, listen, I get that. Okay. What if they were on 90 Day Fiance? Wouldn't that be great? Anyway, crossovers. Yeah. Listen, Um. so yeah, that's the last Rudolph, Roof, I'm Rudolph, Rudolph, huh, Roof, Ruth update I have for you. Okay. That's what I have for you. That's it. However, um, you know, I think that there's also a lot of lessons to be learned here. A, nothing's for free. And then also B, if it sounds too good, it probably fucking is. And C, I would say if you can learn to invest in things that you know, if things that you, you know, know where, try and understand and know where you're investing and where your money is, you know? And if not, just like, honey, put it in like, if you can, like some sort of a conservative S&P mutual index and mm-hmm. just like make whatever you can, just the easiest, you know, percentage point that's, that will hopefully realize some capital gains and turn your, you know, income into something that will work for you. Just don't reach for the stars, honey. Just like, you know, make a little money. God, that's what I would say. Yeah. I just think it's, it's annoying that with inflation, you can't just put money underneath your bed. Also, like you can't just like put money in like a, you know, cause the value goes down so much. So it's not, you have to put it in something where it's going to earn interest. Um, you also can't just like put your money underneath your mattress also, because what if your house burned down? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to put your money somewhere where a is not going to be burned up in a fire or like a mm-hmm. flood and B that it's going to continue to earn interest because the value of money naturally just tanks as we get older and as our society progresses and so it's going to take much more money to live comfortably as the years go on so if you like 19k in the 70s is not worth what 19k is worth now so you know just gotta think of that 
All right, you guys, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this was an interesting um, docu-series. Uh, it was a little hard for me to follow, but I did my best. And so uh, <laughs> thank you, thanks to Chris for kind of knowing what was going on so that she was able to usher us through some of these more uh, confusing tidbits. Um, but if you guys would like to see the visuals of what you are listening to, what's tickling your eardrums, you can go to patreon.com slash docusweeties and join our Patreon for $10 a month. There's exclusive content on there. Um, we go live every first Monday of the month and you'd be supporting us in our, in our, in our podcasting dreams, you know? And if you like us, like it's a, it's a good little way to show that you like us. So Chris, where can they find us on the social medias? Yeah, and also you can see where your money's going, which is to us. You literally see where your money's going. That's the whole point of you giving us $10. You see us. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, see, if you want to not give us $10 but also see us, you're welcome to do that because, like, you know, like, we're across the board, like, giving to, like, different markets. Ha, ha, ha. And that is the Instagram market at DocuSweeties. Also the TikTok market at DocuSweeties and the Twitter market at DocuSweeties1. Thank you so much for listening to our voices. And if you haven't yet given us five stars for these voices, that'd be great. We love you guys and we appreciate a watching weird fun things with you and hopefully you know you can get some insight and learn some lessons because honey money's important you know wealth is options and that's what i think is important i think that people deserve options anyway i love you guys we love you guys have a great rest of your day okay bye bye <laughs>